Hey there, everybody. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you are at the gym, at the beach, at the lake, hang with your family, doing yard work. We appreciate being uh, in your head a little bit and chatting. I'm excited about our show today. I have a very, very good friend of mine here, somebody that I hold very, very high up on my totem pole of people that matter to me and making a difference in this world. So we're going to have a conversation today about some cool topics, one of which is an initiative she's taken on that I'm fully in support of. We're going to talk about that today which is her Ask Me Anything web series, which is super, super cool. We're going to talk a little bit about diversity. We're going to talk about agriculture. We're going to talk and all kinds of stuff. Who knows what we're going to talk about? We might get all over the board. I hope we get all over the board. We'll see. It can happen. So please, everybody, give it up for my friend, the Vice President of Administration at the Organic Trade Association. Please welcome Stephanie Jerger. To you, girl. Thank you. Thank you so much for that welcome. I, I, I feel very warmly welcomed into your virtual studio space. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. You know, you're you're just such a, a light to be around. And uh, I've enjoyed your company and your kinship and hanging and talking and laughing. And um, when you gave me a shout and we, we hooked up and you started talking to me about what it is you're doing, there was no hesitation that our platform was all in for you. And I can't wait to have this conversation today. But before we get into it, and I you know start babbling like I always do because I'm excited about this conversation. I am. I'm fired up today. I'm fired up like a spider monkey on Mountain Dew right now. I truly am. I am just, I'm excited because I woke up excited about this this morning. I woke up I was like, this is going to be a good day because I'm hanging with my friend, Stephanie. This is how I'm finishing my afternoon today. I'm digging it. But before we do that, can you just give everybody a little bit about, hey, who you are, a little bit of your journey in bio? Absolutely. I am Stephanie Cherger. Uh, I, I got into this organic space kind of very randomly. I grew up in Florida. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. So it's uh, northern Florida, but my family has farms in West Florida, in Jackson County. It's in the Panhandle area. So I grew up in a farming family. Um, my grandfather owned... I don't know, 200 acres, maybe. I don't know. It was like half the whole town. Um, and it was all a farming area. Um, some was leased out, but I grew up in a community that was very used to eating fresh things. And so yeah. one of the things that always sticks in my craws when people do not have access to good food, um, I recognize that as a privilege immediately uh, once I finished at Florida A&M. Um, I'm a political science major, but I'm a minor in agribusiness just because it's an agricultural school. And I moved to Maryland and came to Baltimore, an urban city. And the food shortage and the amount of food deserts in a very large place really, really stuck to me. So I got really involved in community work here. I was the community outreach director for the Baltimore Urban League for 10 years. Um, I've been on the National Urban League's um, Young Professional Programming Committee for probably six of those years. And I just rolled off a few years ago mm -hmm. just because I aged out. It's ridiculous. Can you, can you tell everybody what the Urban League does for those? Absolutely. The Urban League is focused on economic empowerment and development for minority and underserved communities. Um, that's Black, Brown. Uh, Pacific Islander. I think people forget about that. Native Americans, uh, all of those people. So they're largely in urban cities, literally the urban league. They're in places where there's going to be a lack of resources because of the amount of people or you know the, the crowd in, in the city that they need to be able to provide assistance for. They provide assistance uh, in the way of housing assistance, food you know, pantry assistance, educational assistance. And I was always very focused on the community outreach team, which created uh, engagement and relationships in the community. And for me, there was always um, the issue uh, of food insecurity, um, people who are food insecure. And I think I spent a lot of time in the community talking to people when we're talking to funders about what that means. I think that when people think about people who are food insecure, they think about people who are truly starving, but it's not necessarily about, uh, uh, an idea of starvation. It's more about people who do not have access. Like one thing that defines a food desert is literally the amount of time it takes you to get to fresh produce or fresh groceries. Um, how your commute is, if it is walkable, that kind of thing. That's what constitutes food desert. And I'm in Baltimore and I can tell you one of the longest streets in this city, if anyone knows it, is called North Avenue and there's not a grocery store on the entire street. It runs from east to west Baltimore from beginning to end and there's not a store. 
So everything along that line is considered a food desert. And it's really, um, it's really prevalent here. So it really stuck with me um, in a big way. Because again, I recognize my privilege. I grew up in Florida where I could uh, take a rock, throw it up in a tree and get a mango. I could just like take a stick and shake it and get pecans. There was literally food everywhere. Like you could be homeless in Florida. I'd never been thought about, you know, that kind of thing until I moved here. So it wasn't a big thing to me until I saw it in a different way. And then, you know, as I saw it, I had to begin to be able to tell other people about it who were not as close to it. And and working with the Organic Trade Association, I came in initially as an administrator, kind of doing what I do now, just on a smaller level. I've always been kind of running the show. Todd, you know that. Uh, It's Um, all you, girl. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I saw was the intersectionality of what I was doing in the community and what OTA was doing. And right. the thing that I found most interesting was the people that I am talking to in the community who are food insecure, who are not certain of, you know, if they're going to get fresh food, how they can get it is the, in, the, the access they had to food was, you know, corner store, um, bodega type things, packaged things, boxed things. And what they ask for are foods that are, you know, GMO free, uh, not modified, fresh food, food without pesticides, you know, food that they could give their kids that they didn't think was filled with hormones. And what I continued to have to reintroduce to people in that community was the word that you mean is organic. And, and you're not saying that. And I begin to understand this, this prevalent PR problem that organic has in the urban community and communities outside of the organic industry. There is this stigma to where people feel like organic is so unattainable that they do not even use the word. Right. Um, so that is, that is kind of where this whole thing arose from. And I began to feel like, you know, as a person who can see both sides of this, you know, I can see the organic side and the people mm-hmm. who are outside and I can clearly see the alignment and I can see where you all need to be talking to each other. And so I, I really committed to, you know, making that what I do at OTA. And that's really how, you know, some of this work all kind of began. Kind of began. Well, you, you make a really good point, you know, in, in, being one that's been, you know, um, on this path in this sector for a long period of time. Yeah, it was, you know, it was expensive. I mean, it was not cheap to do in the very beginning until it scaled and got more technology and things moved along, but that's kind of changing now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's in my mind, I, I come from the perspective of a lot of ways like, well, why can't it be a hundred percent organic food in the world? Right. I, there's no, cause you can't really make an argument why you can't. It's like, well, you have this or this. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't mean you can't. Right. Right. So I, I think it's so important that we have these conversations and we start looking at the values that it adds to all communities. Um, and it's important. But, you know, you, you, you talked a little bit about food deserts. And I think people hear that terminology and they don't necessarily understand what that actually means. I think your, your example of, you know, all the way coming across the city of Baltimore, if you've been there, you know, it's 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 it's. It's not Main Street, right? It's a it's a big city. It's not a yeah. little tiny. It's not Mayberry, not Main Street. It's not Mayberry, yeah. but it's 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 interesting when you start to put things like food desert and food insecurity into conversations and start to elevate them a little bit of what it actually means. And yeah. one of the areas that you know I, I I know that 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 you're really passionate about and what you've been working on a lot is about diversity in agriculture and what's that really mean and and how are we uplifting you know our fellow citizens, our fellow people that are circling this rock with us that live, you know, live here with us and how are we uplifting each other to drive more good food into the food system? Cause we need it, right. We need to continue to uplift farmers. We need, you know, specifically you go back into like 1920 and you look at, at black farmers in America, there was almost like right at 1 million black farmers. And you go back to the latest statistics coming out of the USDA, it's like 48,000 today, right? Yeah. It's a big swing. It's a big, big change. Yeah. And, you know, we need to be thinking about how do we uplift the next generation? You know, I don't want to see farmers decline. We already know farmers are in decline, right? Across the organic sector, across all sectors, it's a decline. And it's so dangerous. Uh, You know, being food insecure as a country is so dangerous. I mean, if you look at now at some of the other countries, look at what China's doing and investing money all over the world in agriculture. That's not because they want to be landowners. That's because they're securing their food supply. And when you start thinking about it in terms like that, it becomes really, really real, in my opinion. 
Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Samantha Rodriguez, the marketing coordinator at Brighter Bites. Thank you for listening to Todd Versations. At Brighter Bites, we are rooted in the belief that if we give our kids something better to munch on, they will. With your support, we will continue to improve the lives of children, their families, and our communities across the country. By providing the finest nutrition education strategies and amazing fresh produce, we are growing our mission to create communities of health through fresh food. Join Brighter Bites in celebrating our 10th birthday. We are helping to create healthier habits for families across the country, one bite at a time. Learn more at brighterbites.org. Don't forget, the better we nourish, the brighter we flourish. Yeah, no, for certain. Um, that the the USDA statistics are are glaring, and, and I think the USDA in you know America's history with black farmers and is is uh, is jarring. Um, I, I think it is um, it's very telling of why you end up with you know less than fifty thousand, certainly less than probably a hundred thousand actual black farmers in the country that can actually call themselves a farmer, which is a full-time, full-scale farm and they're running. And, you know, one of those reasons is because of those kinds of issues, you know, with USDA, they, there's a history back, you know, in the 80s when you have some of the largest pieces of litigation where black farmers were trying to, you know, become entrepreneurs. They were already, you know, you're coming out of the 60s and 70s, you're no longer having to share crop right? You're being able to own the land that you have and you want to be able to grow it and scale to a place where you can provide and be competitive in, in the space that you know, the space that you're already providing for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, USDA provides a lot of support and assistance for farmers. That's their job. But, you know, historically, Black farmers were disenfranchised. They were like denied loans or given like higher interest rate loans. Like if from 1981, it came up again in 1996. And, um, you know, just recently in uh, the America Rescue Plan, you know, there's $4 million set aside for debt relief for these farmers that were either denied loans, have uh, high interest loans, higher than everybody else, longer term loans, like really bad predatory loans um, to get some relief. And, you know, that was in 2021. And even still today in 2022, the litigation, you know, I mean, the legislation is going through, but it's not been allocated to the farmers because of litigation. There are literally farmers, white farmers, white businesses, or not even that, there are banks blocking this because they're going to be shorted on interest payments. They're going to right. be short on loan payments that they plan to have for, you know, 30 years, as opposed to other people having 10 to 15 year loans. Um, so those payments have still not been made. And so even right now, the, the data or, you know, how many Black farmers there are could still very much be skewed. We don't know. There's right. very little data. And in the organic space, even less. Like, uh, there's, we don't have any data for how to track how many certified organic farms are owned by um, Black or Brown people in this country. There is not that data at all. So, you know, as, as I begin this work, one of the things that I wanted to start by doing is find out who who was in the space? What right. information do we have? And I found out immediately that I could not find out. Um, and to me, that was alarming because I've been working with USDA for a very long time and they track everything and they splice all kinds of information. I got, you know, compliance measures coming out of my ears. I can do all kinds of compliance and that's not something that's required. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's asked. Um, even when beginning some of this work, one of the questions that I asked uh, because I'm very familiar with minority um, and disadvantaged business certifications and how that can really impact and grow businesses and also how the government and MDOT specifically in other places in the government, um, I think DOJ, like there are other entities that require contractors to have, you know, a certain amount of, to build a bridge in this country for the government. You have to have a certain amount of, you know, black or brown contractors. And I asked that of the USDA and they don't have a requirement. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, why? <laughs> why? Why don't you have a requirement? Because as an organization that, you know, you're funding 
to work on organic export, you know, and trade and marketing information like OTA does, upwards of a million dollars were being funded and doing this work. Why am I not made? Why are the other cooperators in this space not made to have the same contracting requirement that other parts of the government does? And it's just it's just one more example. But I was right. like, you know what? There there's so much to do in this space that I could start anywhere, and I would have been like doing better. <laughs> so. So you know, when you brought this to my attention, right, and, and, you know, I did my deep dive a little bit to look at some of these issues, right, because I was, quite frankly, naive. I, I knew, you know, I, I would say I probably knew enough to be conversational, but certainly didn't know enough. I was shocked by what I didn't know. And one of the things that fascinated me when we got into this, you started talking about this, and, and it, obviously we're going to lead up to our webinar series that we launched and what we've done as well. But I mean, it's, it's um, you know, Black farmers would get a loan. They would actually have to have a USDA official go to the bank with them to co-sign the loan where a, where a white farmer would just get the check and oh, go to work. Right. And this, like, it's, shot, like it's, it's, it's recorded. It's there. Yes. Um, if they wanted to buy a piece of equipment, um, a black farmer would have to go get permission to get that money. And it could be actually could be told if they were. It's like, no, you don't need that. It's really a trip how we've continued you know, how this is just continuing on in our country, right? It needs to, it, it, obviously, we're having this conversation to try to make, yeah. promote change, right? But I think it's really, to me, it was very eye-opening um, when you take a look at some of these cases, some of the news or some of the articles, some of the, some of the part of the, the, the court documents that illustrate this yeah. stuff. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's like such a level of craziness. It just doesn't even make sense. Yeah. It's as it, in, in a lot of ways, when you look at a million in 1920 down to under 50,000 today, you could see why. A lot of times, it seems to me that in a lot of cases, we didn't want people to be successful. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, I, and I think that that's, yeah. you know, just such a challenge, you know, but I, and obviously we're in a whole different world today, right? We're, we're, we're having conversations like we've never had before, right? And I think there's a couple things to take back when I think about this. Um, you know, one of which I think it's very easy to say that history is filled with, you know, injustice and inequities, right? It's all about it. And there's no two ways about that. And we have to figure out a way to overcome this, right? We got to move forward together somehow to solve all this thing. Um, I don't think that the government, in my opinion, you know, should be expected to fix historical inequities. They can't even fix today's problems, let alone <laughs> try to tackle things from the past, right? And I think we've got to make sure that as we look forward to these issues or we try to solve these issues that while the past sets our future in motion, right, and, and gives us that 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 rule book or whatever you want to call it to go by, we you know yeah. we don't want to be stuck there either. We want to be thinking about right. how do we solve all this kind of stuff too, because exactly. you know and 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 look, there's put you're right. You, you've got people pushing back on on trying to solve this problem. The banks don't want to lose the interest payments. Um, there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of things. You've got white farmers saying it's discrimination against them, right? It starts to become this this massive almost finger pointing deal, right? Where we go back and forth. So to me, it's just like, how do we, you know, is, is taking money from this generation to pay back other generations? Is that the way to go? Is that, is that part of the process? Is part of the conversation? But it's such a tough subject because it's incredibly uncomfortable to talk about these issues. People don't do it enough, right? It's a sweep under the rug type of a thing, yeah. right? And now we're in this world where if your opinion doesn't align with others, Good God, you're just, you know, they're coming at you full. You'll board. be canceled. I know. <laughs> if you're not in the right tribe, you're out, right? And and it's so dangerous because it's almost like we're in a race sometimes to implode. And so I go off on my tangent a little bit to say all that because I think that people don't necessarily understand American agriculture in the sense in which you're presenting it today, in the sense that, look, where would we be today if those million farmers were still here? What would be the outcome of this planet? I don't know. I can only prognosticate. I can only go, well, I guess, right? Um, yeah. But it certainly made a moment, a moment of pause. And then when you start to look at the way that people were treated, I mean, just look at the way the loans were treated, you know, that they weren't getting loans. They weren't being funded. It's really shocking to me. And so I guess my end of my tangent here, before I ask you my next question, or we keep rambling, is like, how do we solve this in a way that brings people alongside us now, right? And brings people alongside this issue and stops this divide, gets away from this crazy, you know, <coughs> cancel me out yeah. culture. Because 
That's why people aren't showing up to the table. They're just becoming afraid to have any cojones or whatever you want to call it to stand up and fight for some of these things that need to be talked about. I I 100% agree. And I think it takes, um, it it takes an amount of integrity in what you're doing to just say, I'm going to do what is right in spite of whatever those challenges are, which is why I I really only work for mission driven organizations. I think my entire career and OTA is no, is no different. That's why it was really easy to join this team. But um, I think, you know, there's so many places, like I said, there's so many places where there is an issue where there's so much wrong. There's, you can do just about anything right and be helpful. And that's kind of where I, I started. Um, I really started this work in, in the rise of like the 2020 side. It's a pandemic time. Everybody is having to really sit still with themselves. And I think there was the, you know, the, the, the incident with George Floyd really brought up a lot of diversity and like issues for people. And it really drove a consumer rise and people really wanted the companies they were dealing with to like, tell me your stance, you know, where are you on, on, um, you know, racial equity, because I want to support you. Like you have a lot of that going on and OTA was no different. Again, we're all just sitting with ourselves. We had a lot of time to contemplate and think about it. And, you know, I was in the middle of doing um, some compliance reporting that I do. We are funded by, you know, some social impact group. And one of the things I have to do for them is do some reporting to them to make sure that we are still providing a social impact because organic sure. agriculture absolutely is a social impact issue. It's a health and wellness space and that's how people see it. That's how funders see it as well. Um, so for sure, I was doing that reporting. And one of the things that came along from that project as I was doing it, I do it every two years. And this was about my fourth I don't know, fourth year doing it at that point. And one of the things that I realized is that my reporting about our demographics and our board and our leadership was becoming more white and more male. And so I, I brought it to our then CEO. Um, I've always been very, very, very grateful for the leadership at OTA. Um, I've always been able to bring, you know, whatever issues I, I had or whatever I thought would be better. And I was always listened to. I'm always really grateful for that. And also the board. Um, because I brought to them and I said, you know, you all have a problem. You, especially in this climate, you have a you had a real problem. And I had already understood the problem from a community standpoint, mm-hmm. but now from a funder and consumer standpoint, like you all have a, a problem and we need to address it head on because eventually people are going to say, you know, what's your stance? And other companies who are having to take a stance are going to say, what's your stance, OTA? So we begin looking at, you know, what we could do. That's the first thing, you know, they said, and the board has been extremely supportive about whatever measures I thought may have been necessary. I, you know, I brought the work up, so you lead the work. That's kind of how it is. We get, you know, you follow, you raise your hand, that means you get to do the work. And, and I was fine with that. Um, I thought I was really, I had a really good sense of not only the OTA community, but, you know, the diverse consumer community and what kind of DEI measures may need to be seen in an organization like OTA, because at the, you know, at the offset, you're outside of this and you're looking in, it looks really white male too, you know, and that's what agriculture looks like completely. It looks very white and very male. And so, you know, I wanted to say where, let's start where we are with what we have and do what we can. And, and that's all we had, right? So the first thing I started to do is start look within our own membership. What is our, what do our members look like? Look at our board, look at you all, look at who is leading us. Do you represent the consumers? And in many of them who have, you know, their own big companies, they said, no, my consumers don't look like this. You know, our, our conferences, do they look like the places where, you know, you're trying to promote business or you're trying to do business? No. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's just start there. <laughs> so we began to, you know, have a full scale like an onslaught of um, commitments to what we were going to do as an organization to diversify our internal structure because we're starting with ourselves. I made it very clear that you all have to start with yourselves. You got to look at yourselves and then we'll go from ourselves, which is our staff and our board, to our organization. And then we move out to the industry. And that's how we have been trying to promote and spread this. And it's become um, it's gone from, you know, our Jedi commitments, our justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion commitments that we posted on our website. And it clearly tells anyone who is looking at OTA what our commitment to diversity is. And it doesn't give a statement, but under each bullet under our platform, it gives an action. This is what we do. 
this is how we honor this commitment. This is how we honor this commitment. And I thought it was really important to outline it that way because you can see a bunch of statements who say we support, you know, we support black lives, we support gay rights, we support whatever. What do you do? What does that right. mean? And I thought right. that was really important. So that's really where we started. And it's really how all of the work that we've been doing in the past year, you know, came about. We, you know, started the work in 2020. And in uh, 2021, we kind of finalized it all, made it public, kicked it off. And I mean, it's been it's been growing like wildfire ever since. Do you think do you think that since, you know, let's talk. You brought up George Floyd a little bit. Do you think that the conversation um, at this point um, is 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 getting set back? It's not going forward in the way that it is now because of the fact that it's, you know, we're not looking at it in ways of, look, all lives matter. I don't, you know, they, they do. And I think that it's real, in, in some ways it's dangerous to just say this one only matters today and this one matters today. Or I just think we get ourselves boxed into where, where, where do you draw the racial lines? Where do you come into the point of like, you know, yes, what happened? I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that situation. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not taking anything away from the past or, in the future, but it's like at some point, have we has has that some of that started to backfire in some ways where people don't want to hear it anymore because it's not bringing everybody together. It, it's almost in some ways, it's it's like it's pushing us into these these silos. And I, I I don't know, maybe I'm babbling in the wrong direction, but it seems dangerous. I think in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think that no matter what you do or what you know what you choose to support there's always going to be an opposition that's just how everything works um but i think it's still extremely positive anytime you decide to choose the side of inclusion yeah. and making sure that everybody can be at the table because thank I you. Think, you thank know, you there's absolutely you know, uh, the uh, Black Lives Matter when that's happened. And then when, you know, when Asian and Pacific Islanders were being assaulted, there was like, stop the hate AAPI. And it's right. like, we're always trying to like, whatever the group, and I, I am not, I don't see it as divisive at all. Whatever group needs the help right now, that's where we get the help. That, that's yeah. where we get the help. And I think in this moment and in this um, space, which is all we can control, this is all I have control of, is like what I can do with OTA. So that's right. what I'm doing. And I can include, I can say all the BIPOC, Black, Brown, so that means Black, Indigenous, Latino, Pacific Islander, Samoan, whatever, whatever, whatever kind of farmer you are, if you want to be in this space, then I am building something for you. Because yeah. I think as open and as socially impactful as the organic community has been, I mean, the way it's grown in four years is amazing. I, I think about the fact that I might, I wasn't born while we're starting this, it amazes me. And what it's done in my lifetime that I can see and have benefited from because I eat organic food, I've grown food and, you know, I know no-till process because that's what I grew up on. So I'm very grateful to those things being passed down. But for the people, for the people who have not, if I can provide a, a space for them to feel included here, I think it's very important to do because it's what I have Agreed. control over right now. And I think, you know, while I think the organic community has always probably been saying all are welcome here, you can all come here. It's yeah. very different than saying I built this with you in mind. And yeah. what I'm doing at OTA is building something with them in mind. So they're well, coming and I'm specifically trying to help this group of people because they are the people that need the help. The people who are outside of that group, the help is always available for you. All are welcome. But for this group, nothing has been built for them. So for that's them. right. And I, and I love the fact that, you know, and thank you for going down that trail with me a little bit, because it's just not, you know, it is. And I know where your heart lies and to the point. It's like, look, it, we're all in this rock circling, right? It's a really yeah. big boat we're all in. And everybody needs to be on the boat paddling and helping yeah. and doing the whole nine yards. But, you know, yeah. in, 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 to kind of come back around to what I said and what you just said, it's really become very important in a lot of ways that we have the right public opinion going out as opposed to doing what's right. Exactly. Right. It's like, well, what do people think of me? Because I said, Oh, you know, I love kittens today. Oh, people love me. That just doesn't get us anywhere anymore. Right. We've done that. We, we've, we've played that game long enough. Now it's time to your point is what you're doing is you're rolling up that shirt sleeve saying, Hey, I'm creating something for you that doesn't exist today. And yeah. we're going to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it because it just, it's, we, we just got done doing it. Now we're recording a broadcast. So, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's very fresh on both of our minds. But, you yeah. know, you touched on going into the board at OTA and you talked about, hey, mm-hmm. guys, look, let's let's have a really heart to heart conversation about this. And what does it really mean? And and how are we representing 9000 members of OTA, whatever the number yeah. is? Right. You know, and it's and it's a valid conversation. But again, I love the perspective that you're coming from. Um, so I do want to talk about this opportunity that you've created and this 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 because it's super exciting to me. And it's and it's a diversity and entrepreneurship program. And what you've created um, is a webinar series that we launched today, basically. I was yeah. we didn't get a comment. Guinea pig? What was I? I was I was. You a, were was absolutely guinea pig. I I had no <laughs> other first person that I was going to try this out with. I was like, if it's going to be bad, Todd will help it make it good. If it's going to go wrong, he'll be able to help me clean it up. If it flops, you know, he'll still make it fun. There was no other person to start this. Uh, when I thought strange. about it, when I had like consultants and people in mind for this industry, I was going to. You were first on my list. I was like, uh, for certain. Uh, and I knew I could get you to do. Yeah, you know, you have that. You just have to ask. And I know I'm going to say yes to whatever you ask me. But, you know, and but I was so fired up about it after our conversation. We talked for about an hour. What We Zoomed and we were back and forth. I think it was a 30 minute Zoom that went for an hour. It was yeah. one of those great <laughs> ones, right? But yeah. I was so excited because of the perspective that you're taking with this and what this is about. And this Ask Me Anything concept is brilliant. Um, so let's talk to people about, I'm going to throw you, you know, just give everybody some details about what it is. And then I'm going to ask a few more questions about it. And we'll talk a little bit about our time on it today. Absolutely. Um, the ask me anything series, I'll give you overarching, right? So out of this work that we began at OTA, we developed the diversity and entrepreneurship program. The program, it has a lot of facets. The, the biggest thing that it does is it offers, um, minority owned, businesses and we use the same stats uh, for minority that you know the business minority business council and SBA does 51% controlled by a black brown Pacific Island Indian Native American um, you know Latino business All of it, right everybody that exactly as SBA um, so that's how we determine who is a minority owned um, and if you're a minority owned business brand or a farmer, Um, Because it doesn't just have to be a farmer. It can also be an emerging brand because that's a big, big space that we want to tap into. Um, If you have any interest in transitioning and getting help with transition, then OTA is offering a two-year voting membership. And the voting part is very pivotal because we want to make sure that these people also vote. Our board is elected. We make elected, we make, you know, unified decisions. So we want to include these voices. So that was one thing that was really um, important. For me to have in the membership, but it offers you this membership for two years, and it also gives you access to cost share of money. Um, you know, while USDA is running, you know, ramping back up their cost share program, it was down at the beginning of this process, and so OTA is offering seven hundred and fifty dollars, what you would get from USDA for your transition services. So anything you needed to do, certification, soil tests, um, applications, legal fees, whatever it was. We're not nickeling and diming and not putting a lot of red tape around what the service is for, because what we have learned is that they need it for really different things. These are small brands. They're doing all the work themselves. I don't know what they need it for, but whatever they need it for, that $750 is directly handed to the business or the farmer. Okay. Um, Also, one of the things we offered them was consulting services. And I think the initial number that we threw out was like up to $500 or what you needed. And as we understood more and more about what they needed, we realize they don't realize what they need. And so, you know, I want them to truly get the benefit of consulting. And that's how this series came about. I was like, you know what? I know consultants. I'm just going to put all the consultants in the room. I'm going to put them in the room with the people who need to hear or have questions that may be able to get answered. And that's how this series came about. Um, No one really got a chance to use the consulting services. So I really just brought the consultants to them. And, you know, we decided to pick on a, a segment of the industry or expertise. We let them know ahead of time what we were going to be talking about. And they just registered. You just sign up. It was very closed. Um, it, it wasn't available to everyone because I want them to understand the benefit of this program. I have told them that I am building something for them and that is what I intend to do. So it's not open to all of our other members because if you're already a member, you have access to a lot of these things. Um, One of the things we'll try to do is make, you know, make it available afterwards, but for the people who are in the room, I really wanted it to be a really informal, intimate setting where they could just 
ask questions about whatever it was they had, you know, based on the consultant who was there. So that's how it came about. I love it. And, and again, we'll talk a little more detail about our time together, but I, I can't, and I don't want to forget to mention this, that you've got support from New Hope. Yes. And New Hope Media and their whole big, you know, their New Hope yes. is a to-do, by the way. They Absolutely. are a big to-do. So I, give I a shout out, throw some love to New Hope. So, you know, throw some love yeah. at them. Cannot forget New Hope. New Hope has been a, a big partner in this. And I think, you know, they see a lot of emerging brands, a lot of people who are in the emerging brands, CPG space that are natural, who want to transition. And they are, themselves are saying, you know, oh, we'll go to UNC or OTA. And, you know, what they found is like, the way that OTA and the way that USDA is talking about transition, when we say that, we are not at all speaking the same language as the people that we just spoke to. When they say transition, it's something completely different, and they're starting from such a different place. Um, and when I created this program, New Hope, who has always been a, a good a supporter of ours and was also a sponsor, one of the original sponsors of um, the this program and this fund, they really wanted to have you know put their weight behind this because what the way they explained it to me and they, they're right they said you know stephanie there's not another vehicle like this in the organic space there's no to be be too farmer person to person thing like this that someone who is an emerging brand can go and get information and you know new hope knows a lot of natural space things but they're not organic expert they certainly don't know you know transition things and it's not what they do but they certainly want to capitalize and bring those brands into New Hope Media and into shows. So they were like, yeah, we would like, you know, we want to grow the organic pavilion. That's been our goal the whole time. We would like them to transition as well. So if you can help them, we want to put our weight behind this. So New Hope has been a really big supporter in that way. Of, of I love it. That's great. And super appreciative of them. They've, they've certainly been an industry stalwart. There's no two ways about that. So we just got one today. We had a blast today. We had some, we had some, some young entrepreneurs that are doing some cool things. We had walnut meat, we had teas, we had supplements, we had juice, we had, I don't know, I'm trying to think of everything off the top of my head. I mean, it was just a blast to talk to these, to these, these people that were so energized. And one of the things that I, that, that struck me was a, they all have, they all have issues, but they all have good issues, right? Yeah. You know, they can be bodies, but they all, have, they all got good problems which is super exciting, which means, you know, that they're winning the day. But I was shocked by some of the heavy lift that they're having to do to become organic and the, the process. I mean, some of the things that they shared were, you know, it, it's expensive to do the amount of paperwork. There's no place to go to get any answers. We can't, we, we, we're, we're having to call several times to get questions answered on 18 or 20 something page documents. They want to, in fact, what really surprised me is like, and you can only, and somebody can only access on a PC. You can't even use Apple product or a Mac because they don't, they don't communicate. I'm like, had no idea. My I mom. had no idea. It's like, so you yeah. start to think about these, these issues when you're looking about these young emerging brands that want to come up. So to be able to have a resource like this, to sit down and talk and to chat. And so we talked for almost two hours today yeah. and just went back and forth with me asking questions and them asking questions and facing and looking at some of their challenges. And I found it to be incredibly fun and enlightening and opened my eyes again to things that, you know, yes, did they ask me anything that, you know, kind of shocked me or I didn't really have an answer? No, not really. I mean, you know, kind of get, but it brought me back to perspective of like every brand started, you know, everybody started with one, right. And then went to two and how important that is, but how much harder that is today than it would have been, you know, back 35 years ago. You know, yeah. what, you, you think with technology and stuff, it, it would be getting easier, but it's in fact getting more cumbersome to, to break into, to come into this industry. Yeah, I, I agree. But to listen to um, the optimism and the excitement and the passion, like I, I mentioned to them, I said, nobody's going to love your brand more than you will. doesn't matter. I don't care how many people tell you it tastes good. They ain't going to love it like you do. And you got to remember that, right? You got to remember that, that that's the core behind your brand is your heart, where your heart lies. And um, God, it was just, it was super motivating. And so I, I say all that because I think it's a golden opportunity to mentor, which I am always about, and I'm always willing to talk about, you know, a mentor to me is nothing more than being a friend, right? And uh, being, making yourself available. It's not like, you know, you don't have to carve out a lot of time, just a text message is a way to mentor, right? And I think that there's a call to action that the industry has an opportunity to step up and do that 
I, I, I think will blow people away to sit and listen to these young folks and these entrepreneurs trying to carve away and to try to give them a little advice and some help. It was powerful. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Samantha Rodriguez, the marketing coordinator at Brighter Bites. Thank you for listening to Todd Versations. At Brighter Bites, we are rooted in the belief that if we give our kids something better to munch on, they will. With your support, we will continue to improve the lives of children, their families, and our communities across the country. By providing the finest nutrition education strategies and amazing fresh produce, we are growing our mission to create communities of health through fresh food. Join Brighter Bites in celebrating our 10th birthday. We are helping to create healthier habits for families across the country, one bite at a time. Learn more at brighterbites.org. Don't forget, the better we nourish, the brighter we flourish. It, it is, it's inspiring. And every time I am tired in doing this, then I get an email from one of them or a call from one of them because I'm in constant contact. Um, it, it gives me a little more motivation. Just keep going just because what, whatever it is, is working. I mean, you, you heard from them. They told you it's easy to just give up. This process is hard. It could easily, I could yeah. easily just stop. <laughs> they said it several times, but they've all decided to continue going because I'm trying to create ways to give them more spaces like this and remove the barriers. Cause there's so many barriers that I think that we are just not even thinking about. And I, you know, I've been talking about today, the people that we had on, you know, they were all Native English speakers, let, 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 let us not even bring to the point, you know, the people, the issues that they brought forth, if you were not a first lady, you know, a native English speaker, what that challenge would also be bringing to you. Yeah. It's so easy to give up. And I think that um, the, there's so much value in me hearing from them because I have the ear of the organic community. And I am telling you all what we're, what we think we're doing, we're not doing. Um, the, the information we think we're providing, it's not amazing. Um, yeah. Services we think are enough, they're not. And if yeah. we want to continue growing this organic space, which we need to, I, I cannot say it enough times, we need more people saying the word organic. Um, with the way that it's splintering and there's so many competing things and consumer confusion, you need more people saying the word. We need to create more allies and make it easier for people to continue to join this space if we ever, you know, going to hit 200 billion because that's that's the goal right we want to grow the industry as a whole so that everybody can benefit but we need to make it easier for people to come in and I think that you know all of the services we offer all of the education we provide and not only us USDA everyone I think we think we're doing the right thing and probably are but it's not at all what they need because we're truly not listening to them in this way and when you listen to them in this way you find out you don't know jack He's <laughs> like, I am not doing what I thought I was doing. No, and, and you know, and, and I think that you know, when I think about a call to action on this, right? And my, I'm going to give you a two part question. It's like, yep. what you know, how does the industry come alongside to help, right? And and what do you yep. need? You know, and who do you need to step up? I'll put those together. But you know, in, in listening to what they were talking about today, it's like, God, what a great opportunity for a retailer to be a part of this to give some guidance. Yep. You know, one of the questions is like, how do I get into a retailer? You know, I go to the store. Um, I go to the store and I know, you know, this person and they love my stuff. And now I'm working my way up, you know, it's all these challenges. They just don't know what to do. And I think that there's a really great opportunity to empower some emerging brands that are, you know, not on everybody's radar, but, you know, given what I was told today and given the way they were talking about their product and what they are, there's some, you know, I, I, I my exact word, I go, there's some, there's some ballers here. There's some baller brands that yeah. we're in this meeting today that just aren't on the radar yet that are going to be amazing. Yeah. Was that your cat? I, yeah. Oh, it's, look, it's time for me to be off. She's like, why are we still in the office? <laughs> so, yeah, she is. She's joined. I've never had. A, I haven't had a cat on a broadcast. This is like number one hundred. Oh, my gosh. My first cat. This, this cat is like famous at OTA. Everyone in the office has seen her. Probably some board has seen her. She constantly is in this office and she works whatever hours I work. So, you know, she's well, you still working. You know, it's hard. <laughs> hey, good. It's good. 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 Um, I certainly want to be able to give information about how you can come alongside because there's so much that people can do. And I think that um, I want to say, first and foremost, you all can be supportive in the space. 
So whenever people are talking about this and wanting to diversify the organic space and community, you can speak supportively about it, even if you don't know enough. Say, I'll send it to somebody who does. Like, just be supportive. Um, yeah. Because I think it's very easy for people who want to join this space to get deterred when they feel like, you know, the one person that they met didn't treat them right. You know, because yeah. that that's literally the first barrier. When someone, I met this one person and they were not supportive, I'm not going to go any further. It's an easy way to deter people. So first of all, you can do that. Be supportive of the work. Um, two, I, I can't say it enough and I, I have no issue saying, you know, there is funding. Um, <laughs> the work that I am doing is not unfunded. It costs money to do all of these things. Sure. It costs money to provide them with consulting, to provide them cost share services. It costs money to provide scholarships for them to attend trade shows and put them in spaces that are, you know, conferences where they really truly should be and be mingling and networking. Um, it costs to do all that. So for sure, you can always provide funding. And in an OTA, you know, you have the option to say, I want to specifically provide funding for that. So we've made it a key initiative in a way that, you know, even if you're, you know, just not even a member, you can support in, in that way. You can do that. Our friends of organic um, can just support diversity. You can just do that. Um, so don't ever hesitate to give me money um, because I'll use it. And I, and I think I do a really good job of letting people know about how it's getting used. I constantly yeah. have information. I want you to know what we're doing with this information I and mean, with this money. And we're doing a lot. Um, there's a lot being done. And I'll, I'll go over that soon. But also, you can, you know, volunteer to do this. This series I planned for six months. I said, let me just try six of them. Um, and I've already got four of them booked in like two weeks. Um, yeah. So I'm probably going to go a little further. And they absolutely can always use it just because as more people come into the program, they'll need to hear more and more of the same information. They'll have access to these recordings, but there'll be new information, new challenges, new good problems. And the more people that I have and the more diverse spaces and sectors that I have, um, certifiers, retailers, distributors, coal packers, those are all issues that we heard today. It would benefit to have someone in that space who can talk to how people can overcome those challenges. And, you know, honestly, you know, you can market your own businesses. They, they're looking for you. They don't know where to find you. Right. They have no idea where to find you. Um, right. And what I'm creating is a space where they can find you. So if people have interest, please reach out to me and let me know. And I will create a space to give you an audience that is looking for what you have to offer. Um, it, so I think it was it, super days, fun. Yeah, it was yeah. super fun. <laughs> it really was. And it was it's so worthy to do. And I know that, you know, you could see it, you know, because we did it over Zoom. You can see the energy of these people. You can see that, you know they didn't feel alone out there in a lot of ways. And I thought it was just, it was very, very powerful. Now I know, um, you know, you've got six of them that are coming. We did the first yeah. one. We're going to get that up and posted um, yeah. coming up here whenever. And, but you're also going to have some stuff going on at Expo East coming up. And I want to make sure that we touch on that in our time. I want to make sure Absolutely. that people know that when they're there, you know, how to get involved, how to, how to look around, how to you know Absolutely. check it out, check under Absolutely. the hood, see what it's all about. Exactly. No, I, I, uh, we have so many things. This program, again, I started, we really launched in 2021. We kind of got it off the ground. And in that time, we've created um, so many things and we're doing so much. Um, so we've created our, our sector council at OTA, a diversity council, which is extremely unique because it really focuses only on this work. And one of the things I think is really unique about the council is it doesn't focus on one specific sector the way the rest of our uh, our councils do. So we're not focused on one entity or one, you know, one subject. This is about creating diversity everywhere we can all across the board. And one of the really fun things I think about for the diversity council is anybody can join, right? If you're from milk, if you're from meat, if you're from dairy, it doesn't matter. And also it's one of the places where people who do not usually get to engage because they're not government affairs, they're not regulatory, they're not on the board, they don't really get to engage. The diversity right. council is full of HR professionals, the accountants, the marketing people. That's who it's full of. And those are truly voices that you need to be able to take back information to your team and dismantle, you know, and just, you know, distill it in another way for sure. So it's really interesting to have that go on, but that's been developed out of this. Um, <laughs> one of the largest things we've done is developed a partnership with the National Latino Farmers and Ranchers Association. 
that's been a huge partnership. They have the same data challenges as everybody else, but I mean, they represent anywhere from 7,000 to 70,000. We don't know Latino and Native American farmers in this country, but they truly have the ear. They have a huge following and they have the ear of a lot of cattle ranchers and migrant workers and farm workers who truly want to become organic. And now that they have truly taken on the cause of telling their constituency, organic is the way, which is huge. Again, I am all about coalition and ally building. We need allies. We need more people saying the word organic. So that's been a huge thing. We're going to go to their conference. We're participating in their conference in October in Albuquerque because they came to our organic week, 22 out of what zero. This was this past organic week in DC. If anyone was there, it was the most diverse you've ever seen for, for certain, hands down. Um, it looked completely different because we, we flew out a lot of, uh, we provided scholarships for a lot of the diversity participants. We had a lot of the National Latino Farmers, we provided scholarships. We invited people that we don't usually reach out to. And that is what this whole movement has been doing. Um, another thing, for Expo East, we're going to have an education session. Um, don't hold me to the date, but I think it's going to be on September 29th. But it's going to be the launch of our diversity toolkit. One of the things that, and you know, when I started out getting information and finding out all the things that I truly don't know, we did a survey, and some of you may have remembered it, may have received it um, from OTA. And we wanted to find out what our members were doing about diversity at their places, how we could help them diversify their supply chains, their companies, whatever. We wanted to get more information. And the first thing we heard and the most prevalent thing we heard was that we can't diversify because we can't find any. It's complicated. We don't know where to find them. We can't bring in speakers. We don't know where to find them. That was what we heard all the time for speakers, for you know, businesses, for farmers, that kind of thing. And I was like, you know what? First assignment, what we're doing is launching a toolkit. And the toolkit has a bunch of diverse resources. The first thing we're going to highlight in the toolkit is the speaker bank. Because I think that's the best way is to put people in a room with the people who need to hear what they have to say. Diversify these conferences, diversify policy conference, eco-farm, organicology, bring, bring more people there. And as you're looking for people, I want to tell you, OT is going to have a place where you can just find them. We got a list of them. We have a very, um, very diverse group of people who are strict, like very clearly aligned with the things we do, either they're organic businesses or they're environmental businesses, they're sustainability experts, they're all kinds of things, and they're all speakers. And then we're just going to put them all in one place with their contact information. Just reach out to them. You don't have to. Yeah. You know, we're going to put in one place for you. Um, another thing we're going to do is, you know, you know for certain yourself, the, the social media influencer space. As you're working on campaigns as a business, you're working on, you know, wellness and that kind of stuff, that working on these people who can promote your business. We're going to put influencers, a very diverse group that you can just add, which immediately diversifies not only what you're doing, but your audience, because they have right. an audience as well. So we're going to put that in one place. Um, like you said, you did a deep dive on articles and looking up, we're putting reading material, print and media, digital articles and books. These are places and this information, you can just tap it right here and go to your audible, see if you have this book, go listen to it. Yeah. It, it adds it adds a whole new light to everything you know you're working on or thinking about. Um, we're also going to put in contractors. One thing, um, one thing that is very clear to us, and one of the internal things we did is I began to have our staff at OTA ask for diversity. I I told them like one of our things for that USDA contract, they don't have a requirement. But OTA has a requirement. Last year, the requirement was uh, 10%. This year, it's going to be 20, I mean, 15%. Next year, it's going to be 20. I'm going up to 25. And when I get to 25% of all my contractors on my USDA grants being Black or Brown people, I'm taking it to USDA and said, you need to make everybody do this. Clearly, it can be done. I love it. Clearly, it can be done. So, and and everybody on staff at OTA knows, like, I'm not signing a contract that has not asked for diversity. Don't bring me a contract. What, What does their company look like? What do they do? And I, you know, and I think even for us, right, one of the things I started that with is our, we changed auditor. We were just changing auditor because every five years, you should just look at auditors right. and, you know, and I had a recommendation come in. I had recommendations from some accounting firms and they sent me like six white firms. And I'm like, this is fine. And I can, you know, I can accept that you can't find me a black owned a brown to sell a soil test company, but I'm not going to accept that you can't find me one black or brown accounting firm. Like, I, I just won't accept it. And I forced them to find me to. 
They found me two, one Black-owned woman company and one Latino-owned company. And what we do in order to have that process is a blind process. So I take the entire RFP, I put it to someone else on our board. Our board has the subsect, the people who look at it, our audit committee. They look at it. They don't know any demographic. Know who they pick out of all eight? Black-owned company, Latino-owned company, top ones. So our company now is a Black woman-owned company. And I will tell you, it's one of the best firms we have ever had. So that is, that is where we are going. So what we're doing in that also, that bank is we're providing, you know, links to every state almost has a minority business like entity, a council. Here, just go, you can go look in your state and these are the businesses in your state. Here, that here's a contractor. You can diversify your business. I, you know, you can find a media company or a print company or a janitorial company or, you know, a, an equipment distribution company. You can find a way to diversify your company. And I will tell you, you know, the difference that it makes in diversifying your company, adding companies who are not in the organic space to the organic space is huge. Because for us, yeah. awarding a, you know, $40,000 contract for us in this space is nothing when we're dealing with millions of dollars in exporting grants. But when you add a $40,000 contract to a Black-owned company who was grossing $100,000, it changes their company drastically. Sure. And it opens you up to way more perspective and way more information than that you didn't have before. And we have seen that in, in doing this new um, contracting procedure, which we were completely following at OTA. So that's also what's going to be in the tool bank. So that everything that's going to be in that toolkit is going to launch at uh, Expo East. It Expo won't be until then. Yep. But what, yeah. what happened is we'll have a space on each of those little buckets for someone to say, add me. Because as you send people to it, get added to it. And that's how it grows. And it becomes a living, breathing repository of like a, re a resource that our members and public can use. So. I love it. Uh, you know, you go, girl. I mean, you're on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, look, you, you, this, is a, this is a higher calling that you've under, you know, that you're taking on, that you've undertaken. And then uh, I can hear it. I can see the passion. Oh. I can feel it. I mean, I know you well enough to know that this is like, <laughs> you just got, you got the, you know the, the 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 cape on, and you're kicking in doors and the whole nine yeah, yards. I I'm, mean, it, I'm it super is proud it's of helpful. You. It's helpful that I have people like you, and of course, you know, our CEO and my my board. I mean, when I brought this to them, everybody was like, "Okay, well, what do we do, Stephanie?" And like from that point on, they've been like, "Do it, do it, do it." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it's growing, and so it's Good. everybody has been very supportive. Well, people need to get involved. They can reach out to you. Via email, they can get on the OTA. Web. I mean, it's not hard to not hard to track you down. Nope. <laughs> um, but people need to get involved, and that's my call to the industry. My call to action: Give yourself. You got a mentor? This is a great way to try. It's a great way to get your feet. You know, put a toe in the Absolutely. water, see what it does for you. I had a blast Absolutely. doing it today. I want to come back and do it again. You have an open up, whatever. I'll, I'll I'm up because it yeah. was fun. It was. It really it, was. It was. It was, really it was super fun, and it was a great conversation. Um, I don't know. It just, it fired me up. I like told you, that little spider monkey on Mountain Dew going through me right now because we did it. But I'm really, I, but I, I, in all seriousness, and I, and, and I mean this really from the bottom of my heart, you know, when I say that it's true, I'm very proud of you for Thank what you. you're doing and you should be proud of yourself. I mean, you, you have, you know, you're talking about stuff that makes, you know, you're talking about stuff that makes people uncomfortable. You're talking about stuff that people don't want to deal with. I don't want to have to deal with it. It doesn't affect me. It does affect you. It affects it all of affect. us, right? Until we all come to the realization that we're all a part of the same world and we're all trying to get to the, you know, whatever that quote unquote finish line is, we're going to do it a hell of a lot better together than we are apart because a part is not working. You can see it now. It's it, not working. <laughs> it ain't working, kids. I mean, it's not. And there, and there has to be mechanisms that are created and conversations that are started from those mechanisms to unify voices uh, in order to move us forward on any kind of an issue. And it's just, you know, this is a great way to start. Get involved, find her, get to her, get on one of these. It's safe, I'm it's so fun, it's a blast. I know, it's a blast. <laughs> I, th I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing the work. I thank you for hanging out with me. I thank you for calling. Thank you, thank you for, you know, and, and I'll say it again, too, and I'll take ownership. I thank you for opening up my eyes and making me step back and get a little smarter on an issue that, you know, I thought I knew I thought I knew something about, but I didn't know <laughs> enough about. Right. And, and it's OK. And I'm you know, I'm not. And I'm, That's what I'm and learning. I'm, I am learning that. I'm happy I to say know. it. Right. I'm right. I'm happy to say that, you know, it got me thinking a little bit more about things. And you go back and reflect and you see what it was. It's like. 
just what I said. We all got to figure out how to do it together because we are not making it work by doing it apart. And and it's just it's just it ain't it ain't gonna work, man. It's just not. I can see it coming. And Mar- we ain't going to Mars either, right? So you, you can't run off to there and hide. There's, there, there's, no, there's no alternate place we can here. <laughs> Not at all. So thank you very much for being here. I do appreciate you. Thanks so much, Dad. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you take a moment to pause and ask yourself, are you mentoring? Are you doing something? Are you inspiring somebody today? I say it all the time. It's so important to be that source of inspiration. Stephanie's a source of inspiration. She's uplifting people that you probably didn't even know existed on this planet, but you have an opportunity to do that. So step up, give her a shout, get involved with this program, host one of the webinars with her. Share, give some people some ideas. Let's see what we can do to change the world if we work together. So thank you for listening. Go check us out on all the social media places. That's where the cool kids are. That's where we hang out. Like I tell you all the time, TLC underscore conversations. It's all over the board. We appreciate you. Have a great rest of your uh, August and your summer. Hope the mosquitoes aren't biting and uh, the fish are or whatever it is. It's in your whatever's in your repertoire of summer stuff to do. We appreciate you. Remember, go inspire somebody today. It's really important. I really believe that. And this conversation certainly did that. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye.